Hello, hello, welcome to the Backhanders. We bring you the ins and the outs of this, the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam. We're unafraid to slam tennis. And with me joining me live in the studio here in Melbourne is a man who I have since found out activates the heat policy in any room he enters. The hot, the one and only, Catters. Catters, welcome. <sighs> Lightning. What time is it? Why do you have to speak so loud? Just... Chill out, man. I I was trying to take a little 14-hour nana nap. Uh, I am completely busted. Lightning, I don't know what happened. I went to the tennis the other night, mm-hmm. and a little man-slash-cyborg by the name of <laughs> Robo Muzzer set me back five weeks of adapting to the Australian time zone. I'm yes. back on Copenhagen time. Thanks for nothing, Muzzer. <laughs> he kept me up well past his and my bedtime. I went to bed at about quarter to five. Yeah. Quarter to five a.m. We're talking. Yes, quarter to five a.m. Would it be (laughs) quite as noteworthy? I know we're a little light on for content this time around on the podcast, but yes, 5 a.m. And I am still a little tetchy, a little... I can uh, tell. Yes, because... I was under the impression that when you book a ticket for a night session, that I'm not signing up for a bed and breakfast, (laughs) whereby I'm going to need three strong shots of coffee just to keep myself alive for the run home. And that's exactly what happened like. Ridiculous. So just to set the scene, Mm -hmm. went along with my family to the Andy Murray v. Tanasi Kokonakis battle. Oh, you went, went to the tennis without me. (laughs) <laughs> it was actually a VIP ticket in conjunction with the Netflix premiere that you opted out of unwillingly. And great night, Lightning. Great company. Great vibe in the stands. Probably the best evening of my life, to be honest. Wow. Phenomenal. Great chance to see the cock up close. And I don't know what nickname we have for Tanasi Kokonakis, no. the other guy, but... <laughs> I haven't heard that many cock puns, Lightning, since I dabbled in illegal chicken fighting in Mexico a few years ago. Not proud of it, but all I'll say is El Dante remained undefeated until his bloody demise. So, Lightning, the cock v. Murray. Phenomenal match. Just kept going and going and going. It made... The Lord of the Rings look like a music video. It was just truly epic. And as a result, Lightning, I am just a destroyed man. You have got me with the tank empty. I gave everything to that match. A little bit like Muzza himself. I was cheering on every point, riding it from the highs and lows, five hours and 47 minutes. Incredible. They finished at 4.06 in the morning, Lightning. It is incumbent upon the Oz Open organizers Hmm. to mention, bring your own pajamas. I was (laughs) flustered in these skinny jeans and a giant blanket that I was sharing with a Kiwi guy that I did not know pre-match, but we somehow bonded. And now we're considering going on holidays together. (laughs) Such is the bonding experience. I saw couples get together 
and break up through the course of that match. Some people were dying of old age lightning, yet there was still time for their loved ones to conduct a ceremony in the stands and spread their ashes across the court at the change of ends. It was all happening. Just a great microcosm of life itself, lightning. I think, And I think the attendance evened itself out because there were a few births. So... <laughs> Fluctuating crowd estimates throughout. It this was. Match. They had to yeah. keep updating the attendance. It was. A, it was a beautiful thing. Catters, uh, let's bring our listeners up to speed. For those who haven't heard, one of the hallmark stories of the first week of the Australian Open was this incredible marathon match where Muzza took out Australia's great hope, Tanasi Kokonakis, in an incredible five-set match. He came back from two sets to love down, did Muzza, to now have the most amount of comebacks from two sets to love down. And as you said, an incredible five and three-quarter hours, astonishing match and the pinnacle of week one of this Open. Absolutely lightning. And if there's one small bone of contention I have, mm. and I'm going to take it out on you personally, oh, right. because to me, you've always represented the British press. Okay. Maybe it's your grasp on the English language or your horrific dental record. <laughs> <laughs> but you are the current crash desk dummy and my rage is the battering ram. So batter up lightning. What gets my goat every time mm. is the fact that you cannot hear the words Andy mm-hmm. Murray mm-hmm. without some reference to a metal hip. Metal hip. Did you know he had a metal hip? Oh, I, if I didn't before, I do now, Catters. Andy Metal Hip Murray. <laughs> I am sick of it. Every single reference. You make it sound like it's a debilitating issue. Yes. Last time I checked, a metal hip is an improvement on a broken hip. (laughs) On a degenerative, (laughs) arthritic... Correct. Yes. That's the story. If you said, oh, Andy Murray has a decaying hip. (laughs) Wow. Or a Dickensian hip. Wow. I would be genuinely amazed. (laughs) No, instead, he's gone into some sort of lab and gotten robotics, which last time I checked (laughs) is on the banned substance list. (laughs) If you can't take a fake COVID injection, like, hiya, Georgie, then you sure as heck can't become a cyborg and expect my sympathy or credence for your great comeback. That would be like complimenting Robocop on his stamina. (laughs) Or or like saying, oh, my false teeth are are fairly false. No, they're an upgrade on your English decaying molars. (laughs) And my biggest issue, Lightning, Mm. beyond the metal hip, Mm. I'll concede, part robot, that's kind of cool, brings in the kids, bit techie, good for his TikTok dances, but beyond that, Lightning, what's his end game? Mm. It's not winning a title, I can assure you that's not happening. (laughs) What are you still in it for? Mm. You've got a wife and four kids Mm. who are waiting for you back home, you fly to some meditation monk retreat with Ivan Lendl, who, by the way, <laughs> I love Ivan Lendl, and I sat right next to him, and the fact that he was able to make Muzz's second-round match coincide with him filming Weekend at Bernie's 2 <laughs> was fantastic, so I'm all for it. You've got Judy with resting Scottish face. <laughs> yes, Mother Judy. Yeah. Mother Judy, mm-hmm. who... Looked terribly unhappy. And I don't blame her. We had to sit through five hours and three quarters of tennis. Now, quality isn't the same as quantity. Mm. 
I'm pretty sure when I've seen the world's biggest eating competitions, the giant burgers those suckers are sucking down are not gourmet filet mignon quality. No, they're ground beef of the lowest quality. (laughs) And as I was watching these two guys with their ground beef strokes going at it for so long, I couldn't help but think, waiter, gassant, bring me a servant volley. Bring me a drop shot of the finest quality. Bring me your finest drop (laughs) shot. Exactly. Just give me something that doesn't look like two park players on a Saturday morning trying to find an excuse not to go home to their families. (laughs) I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Well, a big week. The Australian Open 2023. I'm very keen to hear what got you most excited in this first segment. Kat, is our come on segment. Well, what's it been? Lightning, I am excited about fictitious tennis players. Oh, of course. I'm a huge fan of tennis lightning, but anyone can be a real human being and play the sport. (laughs) It's those that manage to create some sort of fictitious avatar Mm. and succeed by proxy that really grabbed my attention. (laughs) And to that end, I broke the great story last week about the emergence of one Katie Volleynets, who absolutely (laughs) did exist. I know. And definitely was beaten by Venus Williams. (laughs) So having lost to Venus last week... Mm -hmm. I thought, not huge expectations for our Avatar friend. No. However, what a rip-roaring start to the Open she's had. Incredible cutters. Funnily enough, she won through in the first two rounds, Mm -hmm. no footage whatsoever available. (laughs) (laughs) Just scoured the internet, nothing there. Strangely enough, the Open granted that she could play her first two encounters behind closed doors. (laughs) Nothing to see here. But what really annoys me about this, and again, I'm going to point to you, Lightning, Mm. because for me, you are the personification of a fake person (laughs) with the last name Cutler. (laughs) And prepare to be the crash test dummy for my rage for a second time tonight, Lightning. (laughs) Go on. Miss Volleynet knocked out my favourite fictitious player, Kuda Matova. (laughs) What a wonderful surname. It means no chance in the second week of play. <laughs> that really annoys me, Lightning. Yeah. I have no problem with Volleynets playing in her own space of the yep. fictitious draw, <laughs> winning away, posting updates to her 6,500 Instagram followers, yes. which is less than us, which shows <laughs> she truly is not of noteworthy value. Mm, no. But knocking out usually my pick, to be honest. I was asleep at the wheel this open. Oh, you were. It must have been the jet lag that made me actually tip a (laughs) blood and bones player. (laughs) You're distracted. And yet she took her out in the Battle of the Holograms. (laughs) She did. Adjudicated by Tupac, uh, which was a nice touch. So, Lightning, it did send me on one of those deep dives into the Mm. dark web. Mm. The kind of ones that have brought me such revelation as... The Earth is flat. Oh, yes. Birds have been sent from a far-off planet to steal our children when working in a coordinated effort. And vaccines save lives. (laughs) But enough of my idle rumblings. 
I did a deep dive on Volinets, and the only thing I could actually find was that she was born in a place called Walnut Creek. <laughs> yeah, right, Katie. And I'm coming to you live from Peanut Valley. <laughs> and whilst talking about fictitious characters, Catters, I find myself moving the other way of wondering why Yelena Rabakina seems to almost be placed in the same category. <laughs> this is a woman who's pretty much one of our most recent slam winners. She took out Wimbledon last year, fresh in our memories. She has been treated like she's in witness protection. They have <laughs> smuggled her out to distant courts. Court 13, the Wimbledon champion, was playing on. She has barely been given a key time slot. She's been totally ignored, rejected, shunned. I have no idea why. I can only assume having won in London, they kind of wanted to go with an Oliver Twist kind of theme and let her beg for places and say, please, sir, I want some more time slots and profiler. Who knows? But Cat is for whatever reason, she's just been given nothing and Yet today, she's taken out Schwantek. She has taken out the absolute overwhelming favourite, the biggest threat. And now all of a sudden, our fictitious Rabatkina, or Rabakanda, as she's known on this podcast, exclusively, is probably now the favourite for the title. Extraordinary, Catus. Absolutely incredible lightning. And I think she should also know to take a hint when they tried to schedule her directly after the murray Kokonakis clash the other morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then told her, and see if you can be done by 9am, because the cleaners are coming in. So, just quickly, quickly now. And Lightning, as you know, we're a little conflicted in our opinion of Rabatkina. She does hail from the great nation of Kazakhstan. Yes. Which historically has been no friend to the Mongols. No. And that leaves us in mm. quite a compromised position, Absolutely. given our lock on number one podcast in the great nation of Mongolia. Mongolia. I have limited real estate in my bedroom and it's either been a poster of her or Genghis Khan and I've opted for the latter. Sue me. <laughs> well said, Catters. Allow me, though, to offer you my come on, Catters. A week into the 2023 Australian Open and often there's been hits and misses, there's been wins and losses, but Catters so often it's the players and how they present themselves, it's the outfits, it's the fashion that so often grabs us, it's how these beautiful blank canvases, these fresh easels present themselves mm. and some of them wear wonderful, well-presented clothes, others I find the clothes are wearing them more than them wearing the clothes and that example is no more clearer than in our dear friend Francis Tiafo, mm. who came out in the most extraordinary attire. Tiafo's sponsored by Nike, so was presented with what could only be described as a Technicolor oil slick, I think. <laughs> yes. he, he was given the most Picasso-esque. It was as though colours had been grabbed, paint had been sprawled together and just tipped down his front and all over his shorts. It looked extraordinary, Cutters. When asked about this outfit, apparently he was presented it by Nike, and they were left wondering, how's he going to respond? And apparently he said, no, nah, that's dope, <laughs> which I am sure. I I'm sure dope had a fair say in how that <laughs> whole getup got created. So I think right at the start, Tiafo, you are on the money. What, Katis, what did you make of that outfit? Disgraceful lightning. I mean, I'm all for personal expression. Mm -hmm. But my issue with it was that, okay, I can accept Tiafo having a bad day, mm. a little bit emotionally vulnerable coming into the open. And accepts a turd of an outfit. 
It happens to the best of us. There are certain cravats in my closet I will not wear anymore, Lightning. But usually you have to wait 20 years to reflect back on an outfit and say, ah, oh, it probably wasn't my best time. I think Francis putting his feet up tonight on the flight back to New York is probably having a similar yeah. sense. And he went all in because he went for the sleeveless shirt. I mean, if you've yeah. got the guns, you're going to show them off. Mm. Mm. And... He also had the shoes that matched with these kind of red splotches on the Nikes yeah. to kind of tie it all in. Yeah, but so- the butt cheeks cut out of the shorts. <laughs> I thought it was a fascinating look. <laughs> it's fashion ahead of its time, Lightning. We don't expect simpletons like you to understand. Okay, Lightning, my anger towards the fashion industry yeah. yep. is going to be represented <laughs> by you. Currently wearing a sweaty cricket uniform from today's match. You are the crash. No, okay. So my bigger issue is just the fact that everybody seems to have oh. been out saving the penguins at an oil slick <laughs> off the coast of Antarctica. If they're not rocking the Antarctic flag, a la former Russia, they sure as heck are wearing their mobile Exxon slick as a badge of honor. You've got several women oh. wearing the skirts yes. from the same material as Tiafo's shorts. Yeah. You have others wearing it as a dress. Yeah, it was looking very sound of music. And Maria had (laughs) adequately dressed the Von Krapp children. (laughs) If I had ever caught one of my Mexican cocks wearing something (laughs) of similar pizzazz pre-fight, I would have stopped them right there and asked them to take a good, hard look at themselves. But, Lightning, it comes back to another problem. I was trying to explain to my eight-year-old nephew Mm. how tennis works. And it's kind of complicated with the scoring. It's difficult enough without having the problem of the two women singles players wearing identical outfits. thing. Exactly. You know, one of you should be forced to wear a poncho in such a scenario. (laughs) I don't know why that came to mind straight away, but it solves so many problems. There's a home strip, there's an away strip. A high-vis vest comes out. (laughs) That's exactly right. And it bugs me because so many of them are dressed in Nike gear, the world's largest, highest grossing fashion company. How can they not come up with multiple, with an array of designs that these players can choose from and express themselves? You can't help but feel all these marketing dudes kind of got in a room and just came up with one design and thought, oh, well, well, that's given us the big tick. You know, one design will do. Um, No, that's your logo. It doesn't mean auto-approval of everything. And just because that gimp Francis said he liked it doesn't mean that... Big tick, big tick. Boss has given us another big tick. Maybe that's the problem, is they only consult one player. And if that player, like Big Foe, happens to be having a good day, then you just enforce it on all the other players. It's been ridiculous. Adidas, all wearing the same strip. Yeah. Asics, all the players. New Balance. You know, it is just... Yeah. Katmandu, I mean, I found, wasn't particularly climate sensitive when that player roasted in their double but, puffer but, jacket. But again, do they have to wear identical trekking backpacks? There must be a point of difference, Lightning. <laughs> I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. t- see how many times you can retain yourself also. Okay, but you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not. Okay. 
Cutter's time for our Fed Up and Poo Down segment, a segment in which we consider, now that the Fed has retired, who is he going to pass the mantle on as one of the iconic retiring players of our game, the great champion who's following in those footsteps, and who is the other iconic retiree, Mark the Scud Philippousis, who left far too much potential on the bench, and therefore, who might be pooing down, scudding down, following in his footsteps, Cutters, in this ep, who's your Fed Up, who's your Poo Down? Well, Lightning, my fed up doesn't go to an individual as mm. such. It goes to an army of servants, dare I say. And that is the ball kids. Yes, okay. As you know, I've been a huge fan of these little turds for <laughs> decades now. Keeping things moving at the open. Mm. Largely forgettable folk, but getting the job done. At this open specifically, I've just sensed the makings, the rumblings yes. of a rebellion. Yes, pushback. I feel there's a revolution on the cards. Yes. Now, I'm reliably informed by you that there's been a change to the collective bargaining agreement Mm -hmm. with these (laughs) half-humans. Pray tell. That indeed is the fact that they no longer get paid cutters. Used to be the case, and they are indeed at Wimbledon and are indeed at US, Australia. Volunteers. So there, the other night, Muzz's game till 4 a.m., Who's up for staying back another hour? Who's got another couple of hours? Kids rocking up back home at 6am. Where have you been? Just, you know, looking after Muzza. Unbelievable. Yeah, and are you going to pay for the groceries this week? <laughs> well, well, I can't. This is how families split up. So they seem a little disillusioned mm. with the deal they've been given this tournament. Mm. And I feel it's noticeable. The other night with Muzza, he was complaining that there was sweat on the court. Mm. So the chair umpire proceeded to ask one of the ball kids to wipe it up. And after quite a eye roll, might I say, from the prepubescent teen, they fetched a towel and just flung it over to Muzza and said, you do it. <laughs> Off you go. Which is... A great power play by the ball kids. They are claiming back what is rightfully theirs. Essentially asking Muzza to throw in the towel. I mean, the, the cheek of these. We boys. were all thinking it. But for a ball kid to try and visualise it a la charades was a wonderful <laughs> moment for the spectators. And beyond this, I saw in the first round with Rafa Nadal. Oh, yes. He requested that one of his rackets be restrung mm. because obviously he'd snapped one of the strings. And the ball kid proceeded to take his fresh racket and just five-finger discount, walk out the door. (laughs) Rafa noticed this. He'd been left with the busted string racket. And he's like, no, 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 wrong racket. I need my good one. And again, no support from the other ball kids. Mate, you're on your own. You go chase him down. So Rafa was left trying to chase down a ball kid who had their wits about them, had already put it on eBay and fetched a tidy sum by the time they were chased down. So I just love this momentum amongst the ball kids. And I can only suspect that French kids, being French, will go on strike (laughs) as a sign of solidarity, as the only other ones to not be getting minimum wage, at least for their efforts. Absolutely. So that's my fed up. Mm. My poo down are, in this case the tyrants that are refusing to pay the half-humans, and that is the Australian Open Administration. (laughs) I'm casting the blanket rather wide this time around, Lightning. (laughs) I visited the Open on Monday, again, neglecting to invite you. Yeah, yeah, noted. (laughs) Easier to ask for forgiveness than to ask you to the tennis. (laughs) 
<laughs> believe that's how the saying goes. This is all part of my life mentoring phase with my nephew of eight years old, who, as you can imagine, is quite the character. So I took him along and we started the day by seeing Emma Raducanu, oh. which was great. I love seeing Brits try to perform on the big stage. It's cute. Uh, she had apparently been maimed from her experience in Middle Earth. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, miraculously, took a flight with Dr. Fritz on the way to Melbourne and was suddenly doing cartwheels on the baseline as she spanked a no-name German. So that was a good warm-up to our next match, which was Danielle Collins. Mm. Massive fan of Collins. Oh, the Danimal. And tense moment in the third set against her Arctic opponent. Against a country who shall not be named opponent. <laughs> country formerly known as Prince. <laughs> tense moment in the third set. Match on the line, 3-2, Collins down, serving to stay in it, really. Mm. Suddenly, just as she's about to step up for her first serve, over the loudspeaker, we hear, I'm uh, testing this microphone. <laughs> and a five, and a four. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> now, my first reaction is to assume that that's one of the many voices in my head. But six odd thousand people are looking at each other going, what the heck is going on? Is our very petite female chair umpire doing a Barry White impression? Or is God trying to tell us something about the Danimal? Uh, it was very, very odd. The chair umpire ended up saying, I have overridden that voice. You will not be hearing from him again. So I don't know who was rocking the mic, but it was a brilliant moment. Secondly, later in the day, Francis Tiafo, who was burning our retinas with his outfit, into the third set, another pivotal moment in his match, fighting for it when... What I thought could only be a gunshot or a small bomb going off in the stadium. Wow. Alarmed everybody. Mm -hmm. We are talking players basically jumping back and moving off the court. Wow. Crowd in shock. People wondering what the heck has gone on. Is it a small terror attack? Mm -hmm. Is it the world's smallest terror attack? <laughs> Is it Diego Schwartzman <laughs> dabbling in terrorism? <laughs> but no harm done except for the poor girl sitting in the sun whose giant novelty tennis ball exploded in her face. <laughs> so to reassure us, the camera zooms in on this, what must have been a 10-year-old girl standing with the remnants of a novelty tennis ball that was the size of a basketball and now looks like a limp... Balloon at a kid's party. Wow. And I love that they then just showed a replay of it and just said close call on the Hawkeye replay. A couple of ushers came up, tried to talk to her. Obviously, both eardrums exploded. <laughs> so upon hiring a local mime artist to ask her if she wanted a replacement ball, to which she was quite happy for the fair trade of her loss of hearing... 
They brought her a new ball and proceeded to tell her in the most public of fashions that she should not leave it in the sun. Now, I say shame on you, Australian Open Administration, for selling novelty balls that cannot handle the Australian sun. (laughs) And lightning, it would be remiss of me not to mention... Sasha Shane. Oh, yes. It's been a while. It's been a while. Mainly because Sasha has been on one leg for mm. some time. Mm. Horrific roll of the old ankle yeah. at the French last year mm. has meant that old Sasha has not been available to disappoint us. That's right. Not since the biggest break of his career. <laughs> so, Lightning, this week, again, not great. Mm. Lost his second round match Did. to... Michael Moe. To Moe. How low can you go? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell you now. We saw him in action yesterday, and he looks like more of a golfer than a tennis player. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> he was the lucky loser. Yes. But we were the unlucky audience. Yes. And they've since downgraded his title from lucky loser just to loser <laughs> on account of his performance against JJ the Wolf yesterday. <laughs> but we digress. We digress. In the second round, Mo the Giant Killer took on Sasha Shame. Mm. And if losing to the lucky loser was not enough, <laughs> in the process of doing so, Sasha had a run in with a seagull. Now, this yes. has a backstory, as all great sagas with seagulls go. <laughs> If we cast our minds back to 2021, there was a moment on Sasha's rampage through the first week that he was confronted by a seagull Mm. on one of the show courts and asked a ball kid to remove the seagull. And this, I think, was also one of the reasons why the ball kid's tension has been simmering. No doubt. (laughs) Take care of your own seagulls. (laughs) So that seagull was removed, but... Well, Cutters, a seagull never forgets. A seagull never forgets. We're not seagullable enough to <laughs> let bygones be bygones. And this seagull came back and pooed down on old Sasha. <laughs> Took a massive dump. Something about Mary style. Sasha realized <laughs> that... Uh, there was more than just product in his hair and mm. proceeded to go and ask a ball kid to towel it off <laughs> only to be rebuffed <laughs> and do it himself. So just another great example of such a shame. Oh, totally. And the ball kid wouldn't even rebuff his hair either. <laughs> I don't think anyone's had their head rebuffed since Andre Agassi <laughs> in the late 90s. Lightning, who is your fed up? Terrific question. Thought you'd never ask. Cutters, for me, it is an obvious. Uh, Novak Djokovic, a man who might one day reach the heights of Federer. But we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. And you may be surprised to hear me fetting him up. Do you think Jock Up is a good replacement (laughs) for the segment? Because I'm going to have really bad NAM-style flashbacks to Atomic Wedgies at high school. (laughs) Well, maybe we could go Jock Up and Nads Down for Nadal, maybe. I don't know. Well, Cutters, it is surprising on all fronts to go jocking up uh, the Joker. And Mm. that is because, to be honest, he has bugged the living bejesus out of both of us this (laughs) tournament with his pretend narrative of having an injury that appears to be getting worse 
while simultaneously pantsing every single player he's up against. So he just, the rope of dope we talk about every time that is mostly dope with the occasional <laughs> bit of rope. And I mean, go to a scrapyard and replace it with a metal version already and <laughs> yes. shut the freak up. I'm having enough problems with another cyborg on Margaret Court. <laughs> And it is, it's tiring, it's frustrating because Cut is, there's a limp whenever it kind of seems to flare itself, but then he plays the most extraordinary twister board style, <laughs> you know, yoga position, downward dog, down the line, incredible. So he, he is having his way this tournament, Cut is, mm. whilst particularly on the men's side, top seeds are dropping left, right and centre. No Nadal, no Medvedev, no Rud. You name a top seed, they're all gone. So Djokovic just has to get to the final to win the thing. And here he is complaining about leg injuries. But put that aside because I'm fitting the bloke up. So the reason, <laughs> it sounds a lot like it. It is. Uh, not to be confused by pooing the crap down on him. <laughs> but I'm fitting him up because... Whilst he is having his way this tournament, prancing through the tournament, what I'm appreciating, Cutters, is his need to find other games within the game itself. This was most obviously on show when in an earlier round encounter, a heckler in the stands off to his left is barraging him, drunk off his nut, but dressed in a Wally costume, (laughs) which is not the ideal costume to wear if you want to kind of get away with it or kind of sneak into the background in the stands after a kind of cheeky heckle. He is. You will be found. You will be found. <laughs> will be found. If my primary school days are anything to go by, <laughs> it might take two weeks, but you will be found, Wally. I've read the end, Wally. You get found. So sure enough, Joker, having it too easy on court, finds his Wally and has him ejected. And out they get, walked out of the stadium in an incredible scene. Pointed, named and shamed, found him. It was extraordinary. Gets to the change of ends and then starts ticking off others. The wizard went next. Wenda, she was gone. He found a scroll. He found a walking stick lying around at one point. I believe that was Muzz's and was returned to the rightful owner. But for the ability to find other ways to entertain himself other than the tennis, which clearly was not doing so, Djokovic cops my fed up. My poo down, Catters, is players' signatures. Okay. I thought mine were rather derivative oh, of the individual, but this. signatures, yes. Signatures, you know, we're all familiar with a good scribble. We love a good doodle. And yet these players get given far too much license these days. They get to draw on the... um. They get to draw on the camera that everyone can see. We can see it live in the stadium as we did last night. We can see it free to air, straight into our living rooms, and there's no control. They could write anything. They could say anything. And this was clearly on display when our friend Taylor Fritz went to write what we believe was probably some kind of lock diagram. It was not a lock. It was... (laughs) One of your chicken friends, Catters. It was a cock. It was a penis. And live into family time at 5.30 whilst kids are settling down just before dinner, Taylor Fritz drew a penis on the camera. I mean, this is ridiculous. And there's there's no policing this, Catters. No. Catters, I, I just feel as though there's just too much risk putting a, a pen in a punch-drunk player's hand who's just won a match. Yes. Too much risk. Totally agree. And there should be either preliminary 
qualifications for the signatures, mm-hmm. a la mm-hmm. the tournament itself, just to make sure your artistic skills are up to snuff. Good. Because we cannot afford another cock and lock. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe was the wedding dance you performed. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. And almost cost me the wedding itself. So uh, So yes. I have heard that the Americans are obsessed with this idea of lockdown. Locking down. That's their oh, mantra from right. the United Cup, which I think okay. everyone's au fait with. Mm-hmm. Big fans out there of the United Cup. The Americans won that. So yeah. they thought carrying that momentum into the tournament, the oh. lockdown was a good idea. I gotta say Playing a tournament in Melbourne and using lockdown as your mantra. (laughs) Probably not going to win you many local fans. Well said, Gattis. Another signature, though. So branching out a little different, the signatures that we love, and that is when players give time after the game to reach up, grab a yet-to-explode giant novelty tennis ball (laughs) and dare to write their name on it and pass it back to child. We love that, the time they invest in our kiddies to keep them coming back. I'm starting to see some players take some shortcuts. Mm. And that was on clear display by none other than Tsitsipas. Itsy Sitsy. Itsy Sitsy. Stephanos, you know what he did, Cutters? He went down to Officeworks, <laughs> grabbed a picture of himself, of which he had a multitude to choose from, probably in his wallet, put it down on the photocopier, printed out 200 with a scribbled signature on it, and instead of even looking a kid in the eye who wanted a signature, would just pass out pre-prepared signatures to every kid at his game. <laughs> Unbelievable. You've got to have tickets on yourself, literally, to do something like that, Cannes. <laughs> That's amazing, Lightning. So how low is the bar now of effort for a player if you can just hand out these pre-made <laughs> signatures? Are we going to see him creating his own app where he just <laughs> photoshops himself into your selfie? Yes. The itsy the- sits next to me. <laughs> That's actually coming a good to, idea. Coming to an app store near you. Yeah, you heard it first <laughs> on the backhanders. But he just, he's given up on any fan interaction like Absolutely. Uh, you ask how, does, how low does this bloke go? The laziness is out of this world. This bloke, he won't be showing up to press conferences. He'll be phoning it in. He's walking <laughs> off the court and he's just dialing it in. Literally phoning it in like yeah. I don't think he'll even bother doing that. I, I could imagine with his business nows, as shown by his latest photocopy incident (laughs) that he's probably setting up a call center as we speak, an automated call center (laughs) for the press to get a hold of. So it'll be something like, uh, if I lost today and you need somber quotes, press one. (laughs) If I was victorious and you would like to hear some commentary on my good stroke play, press two. (laughs) For general... Greek philosophy, <laughs> please hold the line. She go out of the court on a chair and, and now she's in the locker, perfect in the restaurant. So I, I don't like these things, I'm sorry. I don't think she did a, a good attitude on court. I didn't like that. So a good job for her. If you want to do like that, it's a good job. But I, I'm bad because was hurt in me and make me angry. So well done for her. It is time to pause midway through this tournament and wrap up this episode because we've had a great week of tennis, Cat. It's a fascinating week with seeds dropping left, right and centre. And time to check in on our predictions on what is fast becoming one of the most 
open fields I've ever seen. And Cutters, let me punctuate that with this incredible stat. This year is the first time in the open era the number one and number two seeded players on both the men's and women's side are no longer in the tournament for the second week. So as we stand here, the field is as wide open as it's ever been. So, Catters, you must have a couple of wonderful horses in the race. How are you going with your predictions? Yeah, shithouse like <laughs> Unlike my feedback on your podcasting efforts, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, my tips are up the fritz because Tay-Tay got knocked out very early, yes, Mr. Fritz. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. Mm. Terrible showing. And the other of my predictions was what I thought was a fairly bankable blue chip offering. Yeah. Iga Shviontek. <laughs> yes. Gone. Gone. That's really disappointing. Yeah. It's a real kick in the crotch when you, and an icy crotch, thanks to that air con you've been cranking throughout the podcast, Lightning. Frozen as it may be, I still feel it down there when Iga takes a dive in the fourth round. So how are you going? Well, no one saw that coming, Catters, other than me, who <laughs> didn't tip Schwantek. And uh, that's because I chose two horses still in the race. Catters, I'm sitting pretty. At this point, I had Sabalenka. She has been offering worse service than the ball kids at this Australian <laughs> Open up until this tournament where she's found a way. She has the poo, the scud in her corner. She's learned to surf, Caddis. Mm. I mean, this is like when Happy Gilmore learned to putt and it is game <laughs> on. So look out. She is legitimately, potentially the form player at the moment. Mm. So women's side and, and the men's side, I got a Djokovic. He's... You know, at one point you think he's on the way to the glue factory. On the other side, he, he is the leading horse in the in the pack. He looks amazing. So who knows, Cutters? There's lots of talk about his injury. But uh, at this point, two horses in the race. So pretty happy about that. Speaking of horses, your show horses. This year, we, we thought we'd feature those who are parading a narrative that's grander than the game itself. You tipped who? Ons Jabur Lightning. Oh. And, yeah, it's difficult to provide a show when you don't show up yes. on court. <laughs> yes. And she bombed out in the second round. I don't think there was any great revelation about her future political career, as I tipped. I know that was a little niche uh, based on some whispers I was hearing in Northern Africa. But, uh, alas... Not the show horse I was looking for this time. How about no, you? No, not at all. Yes, mine was Holger Rune, and uh, he's still in it. Look, he's he's been uh, politically sensitive, which has been disappointing in terms of the narratives beyond the game. Uh, but look out. I sense, you know, a couple of racist slurs coming uh, week two. So We can again, only hope. We can only hope. So still in it to win it. Cutters, it's time to uh, farewell our listeners, but... I wouldn't mind pausing to acknowledge that the loss of, of a great Australian. Uh, Sam Stoza has played her last oh, yes. game. A absolutely. Uh, she, she went out in the doubles. We were surprised to know she was even still in the draw. But lo and behold, she went out with Matt Ebden the other night. And uh, I don't know, have you got a word for Sam, Cutters? Yeah, absolutely. I've had plenty of chances because mentally I retired her about 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, but she shows up and that's more than could be said for... Ons Jabur, Taylor Fritz, Iga Shontek, my date last night. I just thought it was a really beautiful end to her career. Obviously, a little disappointing that in the mixed doubles, they'd gotten to the third set, but due to the new rules, there is no third set. It's a super, super tie break. break. 
which excites you and I oh. no end. But for a player whose curtain is closing on her career, mm. that's a little anticlimactic for me. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I've been vouching for a long time that the mixed doubles is decided at the toss of the coin. <laughs> uh, that'll be heads, and I'll see you next year. <laughs> but uh, Sam will always remember you for... <laughs> Research team, have you got anything? Uh, being handed a document here from the research team. Being Australian. <laughs> yep. You were Australian. <laughs> I would say thanks for the memory, Sammy, but you only provided one, and that was in the Big Apple. So thanks for the memory. <laughs> but, yes, sad to see an Australian slam champion going out of the game. It is time, listeners, though, to bid you farewell and see you in a week's time when we will unveil what is likely to be a new first-time slam champion on potentially either side of the draw. It will be a fascinating week with a couple of lucky losers left in the draw. I think it's all we're dealing with. Just some of the shrapnel left on the table after the exploded novelty tennis ball that we saw midway through the tournament. So don't forget to check us out on socials, Insta, Facebook, all that kind of jazz, TikTok. Just go on there for a bit of fun. You won't see any of us there. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> But until we meet again, just remember that if you've got a little bit of a niggling injury, but it's not really affecting your performance, but you're really enjoying getting a little bit of sympathy, a little bit of attention from the fans for it, but you're not particularly hampered by it, but geez, you wouldn't mind getting a little bit more love from those fans, then just remember, just be quiet, please. 